This is What The Flux. I'm Brett. And I'm Justin. And it's Friday the 30th of July. Justin, Aussies under 26, aka Gen Z, Mm -hmm. are way more likely than older Aussies to consider ethical issues like the environment or child labour when they're making a fashion purchase. We spoke about Duolingo yesterday. We did. And the language learning app increased 36% in its share market debut. Get this, they're now valued at nearly $7 billion. Gigantic, Justin. Three really influential stories today. Let's do it. For our first. The Commonwealth Bank has pointed the old finger at Apple Pay for being anti-competitive. It ain't just governments here that are struggling with big tech, Brett. What (laughs) is happening here? Alright, so CBA has nearly 16 million customers and it's pretty well known for being one of the more tech-forward banks. But to be honest, it's a blip on the radar when you compare it to the $2.4 trillion Apple. The same very Apple that has 1.7 billion active devices and deals with around 9,000 big banks globally. Okay, Brett. Now, currently, CBA and Apple are in a bit of a dogfight. Really? Why is that? Well, CBA CEO has called out Apple's tap-and-go payment system, Apple Pay, for being anti-competitive. Explain this one, smart pants. Well, put simply, it's because Apple won't allow bank apps to make tap-and-go payments directly. Mm. It has to be done through Apple. And CBA reckons this limits the functionality of its own app for its consumers. So what is the key learning here? When a company becomes too influential in a certain space, competitors tend to ask governments for help. (laughs) Apple Pay has become critical in payments for consumers. In fact, Apple iPhones are currently being used for 80% of smartphone tap-and-go payments. So CBA thinks that Australian Parliament either needs to get onto this issue right now Mm -hmm. or potentially banks will have to forever hold their peace. But B-Man, at the end of the day, it all comes down to money and usage. Yeah, banks have to pay Apple a few cents for every $100 worth of transactions that their customers pay using Apple Pay. And experts reckon this figure is heading towards $100 million a year that banks are paying to the big A. So if Apple maintains its stranglehold over this particular payment infrastructure, Mm -hmm. it could be yet another field where big tech reigns supreme. This time over banks. Mm. For our second story, vaccine maker Pfizer expects 45 billion, that's right with a B, in vaccine sales this year. Wow. And it suggested that people may need a third shot to increase protection against the virus. <laughs> Nothing like talking about a third shot when most of us haven't even had our first, <laughs> all right? What is the story? All right, so some background, Justin. Pfizer is the pharmaceutical slash biotech company that burst onto the scene last year with its COVID-19 vaccine. And this vaccine's earned a bit of a reputation for being safer than its rivals. We're talking AstraZeneca here. We're also talking Johnson & Johnson. And now, Pfizer is cashing in a whopping $45 billion in sale just from the COVID-19 vaccine. Not to mention that potential third booster, Justin. You can just hear the cash register at Pfizer HQ going (laughs) (laughs) ka-ching. So what's the key learning here? Pfizer and its vaccine-loving competitors are kind of at odds with society right now. It's a very simple one. When COVID is bad and running rampant across the globe, Mm -hmm. commercial opportunities for vaccines are very, very good. And when the COVID situation improves, commercial opportunities will eventually reduce for the vaccine makers. In other words, Juzzy Boy, Pfizer and co are COVID saviours, but they're also big business. We know Pfizer expects 45 bill in sales from COVID vaccines this year. Johnson & Johnson's sales forecasts are around 3.4 bill. And Moderna was around $26 billion. And with the Delta variant spreading faster, this sucks for society, but it's another business opportunity for Pfizer. For our third and final story, one of the world's biggest investors, SoftBank, Huge. has lost around 5 
5.4 billion dollars on its investment in the Chinese ride-hailing app Didi as the regulators in China continue their crackdown. Quite a lot time back here, mm-hmm. Justin. You got to tell me more. All right. Well, SoftBank's the Japanese telco and investments company that went big with investments into companies like Uber and WeWork via its Vision Fund. And while they were investing in those big behemoths, they also took a big bet on the Chinese version of Uber, which is Didi. Yep. They paid around 16 billion dollars for around a 20% stake in Didi in 2019. Earlier this year, Didi went public on the share market. Mm-hmm. But now, SoftBank's stake in Didi has dropped massively. And that's thanks to Chinese regulators punishing Didi because of alleged data security issues for its users. Ooh, but Justin, it's not just Didi. Chinese regulators are cracking down on Chinese tech companies one by one by one by one. So this is pretty juicy because 25% of SoftBank's vision fund is made up of China's tech sector, including the beast Alibaba. So what is the key learning here? Diversification is key. Yep, diversification is an investment strategy that aims to lower your investment risk by spreading your investments across different asset classes. Think shares, think property, maybe even a bit of gold. By spreading your risk into multiple asset classes, you effectively reduce your risk. So if one asset class is in the pits, your returns could still be relatively stable. But as we know, Jazzy Boy, SoftBank's vision fund has gone deep into China's tech sector. So if SoftBank could spread its risk a little bit better beyond China's tech sector, then maybe they wouldn't be in such a spot of bother. Flux family, we've been getting amazing feedback on the Flux Weekly Newsletter. Mm-hmm. But if you haven't tried it and you want to check it out, head to flux.finance slash newsletter. Or the link will be in the show notes. Thanks for listening and we'll see you on Monday.